This morning, I do want to talk to you about uh, blessing and what that means, because I, I think there's a lot of misunderstanding. Here, here's the way I'm, I'm kind of setting this up, but I want to talk about what blessing is, what it means, not just, when I say blessing, usually people think of what you can get, but when God talks to us about blessing, it's always in the context of what you can give, and they're both good. Hey, you know, how many of you like to get things? Well, we all have to raise our hand, the flesh, there's a part of us. But giving things, and when I say give things, I don't mean give your secondhand stuff, okay? I'm not, a blessing is not regifting something that's sitting in your basement that you don't want anymore, talking about, here you go, Jesus, or whoever it is you're trying to bless. It's about giving out of the best and out of the, out of the abundance. So, uh, and then next week, I want to talk to you about, I, I kind of did this on purpose, but um, I want to talk to you about just when life can get messy, Okay. If you really grasp this concept of what a blessing is, life will get messy. And, and, then, and then we'll talk about what we do with that. So uh, if you feel like life's a mess, uh, hold on another seven days. No, you don't need to do that. Tell Jesus right now. He can fix that. He can heal that. But let me start with the blessing. I'm going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 1. And then let, let me just kind of tell you where I'm heading. So that way when I start just kind of talking, you're like, where is he going with this? I, I want to, I'll start off in Ephesians. And I want to talk about what it says about a blessing. And then we'll kind of get the context of that. And then I'm going to jump back to Exodus. And back in Exodus, there's a man named Moses. Jesus asked him to do something. And he asked him a very important question that I want us to, to look at. So we'll take a, a look at that and then bring it all into context. What I'm eventually going to do is we're going to, I'm just going to give you five things on what God's blessings are. But let me start with simply this. Let's take time and really understand what a blessing is all about, because the world misdefines it, okay? When somebody sneezes, typically people say what? God bless you. God bless you. Yes, they'll say gesundheit, you know. Or if you're like me, my wife sneezes in three, three bursts. Uh, I don't know what it is, and I never really pointed it out, but she sneezes, you know, you know, bless you, too, bless you. By the third one, she goes, too, I say, knock it off. You know, it's like, I'm having to bless you all day long because you're, you're uh, sneezing like crazy. Is that a bad thing? No, but it that's not all that a blessing is, okay? Um, people can use the word bless to say, oh, well, we'll bless their heart, you know? And up here, we mean that's cute and adorable. In the South, it means something totally different, okay? You, I, I can't talk about that right now, but it means something different, okay? Um, sometimes people, you know, end their uh, greeting, their salutation, if you will, uh, you know, by using the word blessings. I didn't realize how often I did it. I typed to people, you know, hey, this, that, A, B, C, D, blessings, Pastor Jim. And there's nothing wrong with, with saying that. I, I mean it, you know, blessings. But I'm not the kind of guy that's like, sincerely, you know, that's not me. And I'm not the kind of guy that goes, love, Pastor Jim, that's not me. So blessings, do I mean it? Yes, but it, the blessings that the Bible talks about, that God talks about, go way deeper than just trying to end a letter or some kind of salutation. Um, there can be so many different ways that we use the word blessed. The word blessed is a wonderful world, uh, word. Christians use the words blessed and blessing a lot. And most of the time we mean it. And what I mean by that is we mean what we say, but sometimes we don't understand the depth of this blessing that God gives and wants us to be to others. There's times when we can use it in, in ways that's just kind of not really the way it was designed, but there's something I want us to catch today about what God has to say about blessing uh, and what that means. So let me go over to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 
chapter, chapter 1, and this is verse 1 through 4. Paul's writing it. Paul says, uh, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. Now, this is a very important scripture because it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And I want to talk about that a minute. When it comes to understanding blessing, and blessed is a good word, blessed is a is a, is a Christian word. It's a spiritual word. It's, it's a biblical word. Um, but I believe that our culture today has attempted to hijack the depth and the meaning and the understanding of what it means to truly be blessed. The problem with today, uh, our society, is we misdefine what it means to be blessed or to be a blessing. So um, blessing isn't when you give leftovers of what you have to somebody else. Um, you know, blessing isn't just like, you know, I, I'll give you a little bit here or there. We, we twist, we misdefine what it means when we say blessing. Have you ever had uh, your, your parents say, or maybe you told your kids, hey, why don't you say the blessing over supper? I remember telling Seth that once, hey, Seth, why don't you say the blessing over the meal? And he goes, oh, God bless me, my four no more. I'm like, that's not a blessing. <laughs> you know, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. You know, he's kind of like having fun with it. He was a little kid, and I said, Seth, I really want you to pray now and speak a blessing over it. And we had to learn what that meant. But see, the world will do whatever it can to dumb down what it means, uh, whether it be the power of prayer or, or blessing. If you were to look up blessing in Webster's, here's what it says. Enjoying happiness, enjoying the bliss of heaven, used as a title for a beautiful person, bringing pleasure, contentment, or good fortune. Um, this is the the first thing that we think of when we hear about being blessed is typically, what is it I'm going to get? That's typically, and that's part of, because of how we're wired, our human nature, our flesh. What are we going to get rather than what are we going to give? So it's not about what you get, though that's part of it. Blessing is part of it. But it's about what you give. You see, blessing is not a condition. It's supposed to be a residence. A blessing is not supposed to be defined by the stuff that we have, it's supposed to be a place where we live out of, uh, being blessed and then being a blessing to others. Because it's not just about the material stuff in the world. Is it okay to have material things in the world? Please hear me on this. Yes, absolutely. Your blessings, or whether you are blessed or not, is not defined by uh, the house that you have, the car that you drive. It's not defined by how much money you have in the bank. It's simply defined because you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. If you are here today and you are breathing, you are blessed. Look at your neighbor. Make sure they're breathing, okay? Okay, they're blessed. If they're not breathing, please raise your hand. We'll get an usher over to you, okay? And if they're not, they're even more blessed than us. They're with Jesus. But we misdefine this sometimes. So, you know, like the word love in the Bible has different meanings in the Greek. Um, The word blessed has different meanings as well. Um, Love has many different definitions. And, you know, I can say I love golf and I love my wife, but there's a big difference. And if there's not, I'm going to get hit with a golf club, right? 
you know, because there's a different meaning there. But when we talk about blessed, I want to give you four words of what it means, these different meanings in the Greek, and, and just to have an understanding. Now, the first one, now, if I don't pronounce these correctly, don't throw your Bible at me. I didn't take Greek 103 or anything like that. But here's the first one. Markarios means fortune or well off. Sometimes when people say that you're blessed, what they mean is this. You got, you got stuff. You know, God has blessed you. He's given you a home, a great business. And, and that's the word that he's using there. Here's the second word is esher. It's a state of being blessed by someone. And it, it's a bestowed blessing or favor upon you. In other words, when somebody blesses you and you receive that, it's that type of a blessing. Here's the third one, barak. And it means to endue with power for success and prosperity. Somebody can speak a blessing. Uh, we, we've had times in our life when people have come and spoke a word into our life. It was a barak type of a blessing where they were sharing with us what God was saying about what he's doing in our life and in that season. And then the last one is uh, eulogio. Now, it's where we get the word eulogy. So I don't know if I said it perfectly, but I'll tell you what it means. It means good word, good report, or to speak well of. God calls us to live a life being, not just being blessed like Markarios, like that's how we live. We, we're just looking to get, you know, God bless me, my four no more. Give me, give me, give me, give me. He says, I want you to understand what it means to be somebody who becomes blessed and a blessing, not only receiving fortune and wealth, but to let it be a state of who you are, knowing that you're filled with power so that you can go do some good works. See, that's what he's calling us to. But how many of you wake up every morning feeling blessed? Yeah, we don't always feel it, do we? But we have to learn to walk in that. So let me just start with the simple things. You and I are completely blessed by Jesus. Can we agree on that? As I stated earlier, if you're here today and you're breathing, you're alive, you're blessed. If you have your health, you're blessed. If you say, well, pastor, my health's not the greatest. Well, at least do you go to a doctor and have somebody who can speak into that and address it? Yes, then you're blessed to be able to have that doctor. Well, I'm on medication and it's a bunch of it. Okay, but maybe you are being blessed through the process of the medication that you take. My simple and plain point is this, no matter where you're at, it's easy to find what's wrong. Start looking for what's right. Stop looking for the proof that God's not, where is he? And start looking for where he actually is. And if you have to start with just the breath, air that you breathe, start there. You have a car to drive, you're blessed. Well, I don't like my car. Well, some people don't have that car. You're blessed. You're here today and you're a Packer fan, you're still blessed, okay? But we'll work on that. There's so many things that we can be thankful for. But a lot of times, all we see is what's wrong and not right, and we miss out on the best. When the Word of God tells us that he has this bank account, if you will, I'm going to use that analogy, stored up with every blessing that we will ever need. There's a true story of a man, uh, and I shared it with you a while ago, but it was a man who died of starvation uh, out on the streets, and he was a millionaire. That's not supposed to happen, is it? You're not supposed to have millions of dollars in the bank and somehow end up homeless on the street. And for whatever reason and everything that went into that, I, I, I didn't get all of the details, but the one thing I caught was that somebody who had millions of dollars in the bank died homeless on the street. That's not supposed to happen. But yet, how many of us as Christians don't understand? We've got this millions and millions of blessings in this account up here, but are we tapping into it? Are we utilizing it? Are we using it? You see, because that's not supposed to happen to us. If you're a Christian, it doesn't matter how bad things get or how many bills show up. 
Just check out your heavenly bank account. It's filled with the resources of heaven. Now, I know right now you're saying, Pastor, that's great, but those heavenly bucks aren't going to pay my bills. I get that. But what is it that God has for you? God has a way of moving in miraculous ways. But if you're not looking for him, you'll never see him. You'll never see him. Paul writes in Ephesians, we read it, uh, 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God uh, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a tremendous verse. Um, And I want to unpack its meaning a little bit here. Here the Greek word for blessed means to speak well of or to praise. God is worthy of our praise for many, many reasons, one of which he's the source of our blessings, right? So you may, uh, you have the heavenly bank account because not anything that you or I did, but because of who our father is. That's why we have this heavenly bank account. You may, you see, you, you may be materially poor, okay? But let me tell you something about your heavenly father. He's filthy rich. And when you opened your heart and gave your, your heart to Jesus, you became one of his children that have this huge bank account of blessings. Now, I know that we say, well, I'd love to see a little money in my account, but that's where we start confusing the material things of this world with the blessings that God has for us. You see, all the wealth of the world belongs to God. The whole universe belongs to God, and he is, he's our father. Paul says, your father has blessed you with every spiritual blessing. We read that there. Everything you need to become all that God wants you to be, he's got in deposit in this heavenly bank account with your name on it. The question is, is are we making any withdrawals? Are we making any withdrawals on this? You may be saying right now, I need a spiritual blessing, or I don't need a spiritual blessing, I need a a material blessing. But what we misunderstand is that spiritual blessings aren't the opposite of physical blessing, right? When there's something you need in the physical realm, you've got to address it in the spiritual as well. Father, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how this is going to change things in my world, but Lord, I'm surrendering it to you. We sang this morning about surrendering to the Lord. Did you sing the song or did you mean it? Now, I'm not asking you to answer that. I'm just challenging you with the question because it's one thing to come here comfortable singing, I surrender, I surrender all. And it's another thing to come here broken and empty and say, I surrender. You see, it's a choice. And he says, wherever you're at on that, don't lose sight of the fact that you're spiritually rich, not because of you, but because of your Father God. And he wants us to learn to be able to tap in to this to this understanding, to this, these blessings that he has for us. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a, uh, oh, what do they call it? Uh, I'm not a prosperity person as far as, you know, uh, blab it and grab it, okay? Name it and claim it. I think there is authority in the words that we speak, as we'll get into in a moment. I think there is power in, in our words, but I'm not talking about foolishly starting a, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to have Tom Selleck's, you know, car from Magnum PI. That's probably not going to happen, right? But, There's something that when I bring it back to the Word of God, and I said, God, I declare healing on my life because your Word says. You see, and you back His words to it, then it's different. But Jesus says, we've got these blessings in this account. That's important because it means you have everything you need to do what it is that you need to do. Let let me put it in these terms. I'll use the bank analogy again. If you you have $1,000 in your bank account, more, more than that, if you've got plenty, you know, there's in there, more than $1,000. And let's say that you need $1,000. What do you do? You go to the bank and make a what? Withdrawal. You don't have to go to the bank and beg them for $1,000, do you? No, you don't have to do that. Why? Because what you need is already in your account. All you have to do is go withdraw it. 
So guess what God has deposited in your heavenly, heavenly bank account? Everything that you and I need. And Peter says, and this is 2 Peter 1.3, I don't think it's in your outlines. It says, his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. In other words, everything you need, it's in there. We just have to be willing to go and to get it. When you, when you walked, when you gave your heart to Jesus, you got the whole package deal, right? Um, reminded me of a story of a guy that went to buy a car, and when he bought the car, he got the whole mechanical package that came with it. It didn't know. He didn't read the fine print. He just bought the car, knew this package came with it, and that was great. But what he didn't understand is, is that with that package came free tire rotation, free oil changes, free, free uh, uh, mechanical services every so often. And because he wasn't aware of that, he was paying for all of it out of his pocket when he could have been paying it for free. It could all have been free. He didn't realize he had this account, this blessing, this thing set up. And so he never withdrew from it and ended up paying out of his own pocket for everything, not knowing the blessings that were there all along. May we not be people who, who think somehow that we're just lucky to be saved by, the, by grace through faith in Jesus, which that's true. But he says, but I want to pour forth blessings into your life as well. And so we must come and draw them out. And that's where we will find them. Because Paul writes that this is where we get our blessings from. The Bible declares that when you and I became a Christian, we became a citizen of heaven, right? Okay. So even though you live on earth, you and I, even though we live on earth, the Bible says that we are to live on earth with the value system of our new kingdom. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to live with the morals of the citizenship that we are from. So in other words, the way that we think our orientation, our vantage point should be operating based upon the kingdom citizenship and not the ways of the world. And when you give your heart to Jesus and he's got all these blessings, nobody can take away your citizenship from the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. I don't know if you knew that. We went on a missions trip to Mexico. Uh, we went to Juarez. It was Lisa, myself, and a group, group of people. And we would go over to Juarez and we'd be there you know, pretty much all day, and, and then we'd come back at night, dead dog tired, we'd cross the border, and, and we'd sleep in El Paso, and then we'd go over and do it again, you know, and um, when we were coming back over the border from Mexico back into El Paso, uh, some of the leaders informed us, they said, now these border patrolmen, they don't play, all right, so no cracking jokes, no being goofy, and I noticed they were looking at me when they were saying this, <laughs> what, <laughs> would I do something like that? So I'm like, all right, all right, I won't, it just, they said, just mind your P's and Q's and let them do their job and get you across the border. I'm like, whatever, I don't care because I'm so tired tonight. And I, 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 um, I walked up and I gave him my passport. And he's a big dude too. I was like, yes, sir. You know, he grabbed it. You know, sometimes people look at your information, but he was very interested. He'd look back, look at me. Okay, everything checks out. Go. And, you know, he just, that go. Next in line was my wife, and they grabbed her passport. I was no more than five steps away, and the Border Patrol goes, ma'am, your citizenship is expired. And I thought, oh, my gosh, she's stuck in Mexico. What am I going to do? My first thought was this. I don't know this woman. Bye. <laughs> I was tired. I wanted to go to bed. 
And she's like, my citizenship expired. I don't know. Folks, your citizenship never expires. Okay? But he was bored that night and thought he'd have fun with, you know, a bunch of church-going missionaries, I guess. And uh, so if they want to crack jokes, crack jokes. But if we crack them, we're in trouble. So, you know, he just said, no, man. He goes, you're fine. And, uh, you know, you can cross. I, I, I think we lost some sleep that night. <laughs> we lost some meal. You know, we're just like, oh, my gosh. And the reality is, is you and I, as citizens of the United States of America, we can never lose our citizenship. We can give it away. We, 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 can, we can say we don't want to be a part of the United States of America, but we cannot lose it. If you're an American citizen, your citizenship does not change no matter where you are traveling. And if you have a problem in a foreign country, you can go to the American embassy. So if you're in England or Africa or Mexico, you can go find the American embassy. And when you stand there, you are on the United States of America soil. All those rules apply. All the authority that, that, that is for the United States of America applies to you. And so you are there. When you're on that, that piece of embassy in a different country, you're in America. Well, you and I are citizens of the kingdom of God. We're here on earth, but God wants you and I to step into the heavenly embassy. He wants you to develop a mindset that thinks in terms of your heavenly status, not your earthly status. So if you're here today and you want to know what it truly means to be blessed, remind yourself you're not of this world. We are ambassadors for Christ, amen? We're, we're, we're lights in dark places, or at least we're supposed to be. And we, we connect with not just the community and love God and love people, but we never lose sight of the fact that we belong to the kingdom of God. That's why we can have all these blessings. But if you don't think that way, you won't be looking for your blessings. If you forget who you are in Christ Jesus, you're just going to look for all you can get from this world and all that it has to offer, which will let you down eventually. But Jesus never will. So, what, what about God's blessings? I'm going to give you five things. I'm going to give them to you real quick that if you want, we just got to catch this. And it starts here. Number one, God's blessings are freely given, Okay. We, we talked about blessing, not just the way the world thinks, it's the way God thinks. We got this account waiting for us. And know this, his blessing, blessings are freely given. Let me take you back to Exodus, okay? Uh, Exodus, Exodus, Exodus chapter 4. A man named Moses was called to go to Pharaoh and tell them, if you remember this, let my people go. But Moses didn't want to go. Moses was afraid Moses had a stuttering problem. Moses didn't think he had what it took to, to do what it was that God was telling him to do, yet, yet, yet God was still calling Moses. And he, he told him, he said, I want you to go to Moses. And Moses basically said, me? Who am I? And, and so Jesus, uh, God had to talk to him and work something out, understanding who he was in Christ Jesus and that that authority has been given to him. It says in verse one that Moses said, Moses said to God, what if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, the Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? And Moses said, a staff. He said, throw it down on the ground. So he threw it down on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Now, by the way, the fact that Moses fled from it means it wasn't a gardener snake, okay? You know, 
I might flee from a gardener snake because I'm not a real big fan of snakes. I usually just chop their heads off. But the fact that Moses started running says this thing was poisonous. This thing was, it was dangerous. And it goes on and says that Moses fled from it, but the Lord said to Moses, quit running. He didn't say that. I added it. He said, stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. How many of you know that's the place you don't grab a snake by? Don't grab them by the tail because you are completely exposed to being bit or stung. But he stretched out his hand and he caught it and it became a staff in his hand again. And Jesus, or God said that they may believe that the Lord, the God of the fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. He said, therefore, you know, he gave him that sign. What in the world does that have to do with blessings? I said that God's blessings are freely given. Now, Moses was a man who was called by God and blessed by God, but it's interesting to me that he didn't have to do anything to earn that blessing. He didn't have to have a PhD, an MD, a, uh, an associate degree, an ABC, or an XYZ. He just, he was himself. He didn't have to have, you know, the Rolls Royce camel. He didn't have to have the newest fad and clothes. He didn't have to, you know, wear the best cologne or have the, a certain haircut. He was just being who he was and God called him. And that tells me that it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at. When you understand that you're a son and daughter of the Most High God, you can tap into the blessings of God. You, uh, these blessings are freely given. Now, if you're thinking what I was thinking, which was this, Pastor, you just told me that God wants to bless me, God wants to give me, then why, why doesn't God just do it, right? Why doesn't God just give me these blessings and, so I can experience them? But you see, God chooses to bless you, but you and I still have a part to play. And it starts with understanding that God's blessings are freely given. There's no charge. There's no fee. There's no strings attached. Uh, we've already talked about these spiritual blessings and that we have this account, right? So if you're here today and you're a child of God, and you know what I mean by child of God, you've asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior, forgiveness of sins, then you have everything you need at your fingertips, just like Moses did. Moses had the answer literally at his fingertips, but couldn't see it for what it was. In Moses' hand, it was just a tool. It was, a stand. it was something he used every day, but he didn't recognize the anointing. He didn't recognize the power. He didn't recognize how Jesus was going to use that until all of a sudden he was put in a different arena. What's in your hand? And Moses replied, it's just my staff. He was somewhat dumbfounded and confused. But see, here's the reality. God did not ask Moses what was in his hand because God didn't know. God knew what was in Moses' hand. Moses didn't understand what it is that he had in his hand. He didn't understand the power that God was going to use to work in and through his life to be a blessing to others. So when we're talking about blessing, it's not just about what you get, but how God works through you to bless others. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, For uh, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. The blessing that God is putting on Moses is something that's freely being given to him, and it's the same blessing he wants to give you and me today. It's freely given. So if you're listening today, and you're saying, I want the blessings of God, then let me ask you these two questions. What's in your hand, and are you willing to lay it down? I want you to think about that for a minute. I want the blessings of God. How bad? 
what's in your hand and are you willing to lay it down? Because God will always ask us these questions. God's not here to take from us, right? He's here to give to us. But how many of you know that sometimes you've got to make room to receive more, you know? Uh, and I'll get to that in just a moment. But what's in your hand and are you willing to lay it down? Number two, God's blessings have power. God's blessings have power. Uh, words are very powerful. Can we agree on that? Maybe you've been the victim of the playground where somebody called you fatso or they said you're ugly or you're dumb or you're stupid or you're slow and those words hurt. They cut you. They wounded you. You know, people start saying things like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that's not true. Words hurt. They're very painful. And they're also very powerful. But they can, all, they can be a source of healing as well. The Word of God has something to speak into our lives about uh, uh, being a people that are a blessing to others because these words that are powerful. Moses, he was called by God to go to Pharaoh. What was his response? Me? Now? When? What? And he had all these questions. But what God wanted to know was, was he going to do something with what God spoke? Was he going to allow himself to be a vessel that God could work through to be a blessing to others? Psalms, because there's power in our words. Psalm 65, 6 says, who establishes the mountains by his strength, being girded with might. Psalms 147, verse 5 says, great is our Lord and abundant in strength. His understanding is infinite. See, the question has never been, do we have what it takes to live right? Let me clear that up for you right now. No, you don't. I don't. We don't have what it takes to, to live the perfect life, but we do serve a God who can show us what needs to be done. You see, don't get me wrong. We're smart people, okay? He's, he's gifted us. We're smart people. We, we can have good morals, we can be very nice people, but if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, when life comes to an end, that's all we are, is a bunch of smart, good, nice, dead people. If you don't have Jesus, you can have all these things that you call a blessing, but in the end, we've got to make sure it's all about him. See, without Christ in our life, we miss the real power of his blessing. These two things are important his, when it comes to blessing. They're freely given and they're powerful, but it means nothing unless we take into account this, this third point, and that's this. God's blessings require our obedience. We have to obey. Uh, pastor, you told me there was no strings attached. Well, this is not a string that's attached to anything. This is a choice because nobody said you had to obey. It says for those who obey, you, you will see the blessings of God. You can choose not to, but there's consequences that come because of that. When you and I are living for Jesus, he's looking for our, our hearts of obedience. It, there's no strings attached. No one's forcing you to live for Christ no more than any, anybody is forcing you to bank at Citizens First Bank. You get to choose what bank you want to, to create an account at. But I will tell you this, if you don't go, make an account at Citizens First Bank, but you attempt to make a withdrawal, you're going to be visiting the boys in blue, because that's called stealing, right? That's bank robbery right there. You cannot withdraw something from where you have not given it, when you don't have that account. And God's blessings are readily available to us when we obey God's word. Here's what it says. Let me take you back to Deuteronomy chapter 28, and it says this, uh, now it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord, your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you 
and overtake you if you what? If you what? Obey. obey. Nobody likes to say that word, let alone do it. But it's when you obey the Lord your God. You see, it says, when you obey, you can't avoid the blessings of God. I've never heard anybody say to me, I am so overwhelmed by the blessings of God, I can't take it any longer. Anybody here ever say that? No, because we're always open to that. I can't believe, God, if you just slow down on blessing me, I can't keep up. We don't say those kind of things. But I hear many, many times people say, how can I get the blessings of God in my life? Here you go. All of these blessings will come upon you and overtake you overwhelm you with favor when you obey God. Lisa and I were talking about this, and she reminded me when we went for our 25-year anniversary, we went to renew our vows in, in Maui. And um, everywhere we went, she had this wedding dress, right? Because she had to get a new dress. and I mean, she got to get a new dress. And, uh, uh, and I was excited for her and fully participated. Anyway, everywhere we went, she had this dress. And because we had this dress, people would say, um, oh, you're getting married. And probably the first couple, we, oh, we're renewing our vows. It's been 25 years, and so we're going over here. You know, you tell them the story. But then the next person asks, and you're like, we're, we're renewing our vows. And then after the 10th person, we're like, yeah, we're getting married. And, <laughs> and then it turned from that, from like we got to the airport, and we were up at the checkout counter, and they're like, are you getting married? And we're just like, yeah, so now we're having fun with it, because we are getting married. We are married, but we're renewing our vows, and I don't want to have to tell you this story again. So yes, we're getting married. Oh, that's so cool. So they got us the best seat in the plane to be able to bless us. And I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. And then we get in the plane, you know, and boom, this is your, you know, th that lady. She's, uh, are you guys getting married today? Yes, we are. Well, let me take your dress. And she made sure to take care of it and put it up. And uh, then, uh, what was the other thing? She, um, everywhere we went, oh, you, you, ki kids get to board first and all that, parents with young children. Guess who got to board before them? us getting married. Now, they're so like, you know, you come on, you got that dress and you got all this stuff. Now, were we trying to take advantage of it? Absolutely not. But what we said was, you know what? God has given us favor this whole trip. It was a one-day thing. And it was, it was kind of silly, but let me tell you this, that when you completely commit your ways to Christ, wherever you go, it's almost as if people, unbeknownst, they're just like, you know, oh, they see the blessing and favor of God. Come on, right this way, you know. And, and all of a sudden, it will overtake you. It will overwhelm you. And you're like, I want that kind of blessing. Give that to me. Okay. Obey him. Obey what? What's God speaking to you? What's he telling you in this season of your life? Where is he leading you and guiding you? And you'll hear the Holy Spirit. He's always speaking to us. The question is, is are we listening? You see, obedience is one of those things that God does not say, I want you to obey me because he's trying to kill your joy. Actually, he's trying to give you the the, the absolute most amount of joy. He created us. He's our creator, amen? So he knows how we work. Can we agree on that? So he knows that when we obey, when we follow the instruction manual, then, then we're going to live life to the fullest and we're going to enjoy life uh, way more than if we're trying to run the show. But sometimes we want what we want. We want God's blessings, but we want it on our own terms. You ever interact with children like that. They want what they want, but they want it on their own terms, right? Now, of course, I use the analogy of children because as adults, we would never do that, correct? Right? Yeah, maybe not. See, the truth is, is sometimes we can act just like that. 
and we say, okay, I want to obey, I want to obey Christ and I want to be overwhelmed by His blessings. Here's my terms and conditions, Jesus. You know what He's going to do? Yeah, shove that off the table. He said, no, just obey me. I will, but would you let me know that? No, just, just simply obey me. He's looking for a complete and total obedience. Well, how do I know what to listen to? How do I know what to do? How do I hear the Holy Spirit? One of the best ways that I try to tell people, because when you talk about the Holy Spirit, you know, you hear him, you sense him, but, and maybe I thought of this because I was driving out in, the, out in the country this week, but uh, when you're driving down the road, if you're not paying attention and you start to drift to one side or the other, what do you run into? Well, you run into what I, they call rumble strips, right? So when you're driving down the road and you're looking at how pretty things are and you're not really paying attention, you start to drift off the road, and it reminds you, it says, hey, get back on the road. If you don't, there will be consequences. Now, obviously, the road does not speak to you verbally like that, but you know it, you know it. And so if you cross the other way, it runs that way. And what is the design of the rumble strips? The design is to make you aware that you are off course, change course. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He speaks to us and he'll tell us when we need to change our course, but it's going to require our obedience. Number four is this. God's blessings, they operate in faith, not in feelings. They operate in faith, not in feelings. Now, there's nothing wrong with feelings, okay? I'm not trying to say, I mean, that's a gift. Feelings is a gift from God. But we are not to live life based on our feelings. What was that song? Feelings, nothing more than feelings. Remember that song? I always said, somebody needs to take that guy out behind the church and pop him in the nose or something. You know, singing about feeling. Because we, we, we try to live life so much by feelings. That, well, if I feel it, I'll do it. You know, if I feel God moving. If I'm feeling up to it. You know, that's not how we live life as Christians. Feelings are included in the package, but we walk by faith, not by sight, the Bible tells us. We are Christians who are committed to Christ. And do I want to feel good all the time? Absolutely. Who doesn't? And that day will come when I'm in heaven. But until then. He says, you walk by faith. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. So faith is very important. And when we talk about God's blessings in our lives, he wants to know, do you live your life out of feelings or do you live your life walking in faith? You know, God may bring you through some things in your life uh, that sometimes are difficult, but all of a sudden, you, you, you don't see the bigger picture at the time, but then all of a sudden you see the blessings of God come because you were faithful and you were obedient. And you walked out that season of your life by faith, not by feelings. Faith just simply means this. It means trusting in something much greater than you and being able and willing to do what we sang this morning. I surrender, I surrender all. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. Because it's easy for me to tell you to surrender something, but it's harder when he tells me to surrender something, right? But the choice is still there. Are you going to obey? Are you going to walk in faith? Because a faith that flourishes is one that receives the abundant blessings that God has for them in store. And lastly, God's blessings are given so that we may bless others. That's ultimately what it's about. They're given so that we may bless others. We're supposed to be a blessing to the people around us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And the second commandment is, is likened to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, I want you to be loving me and I want you to be loving others. 
We are to be a blessing to the people around us. Oh, but pastor, you don't know the people I hang around with. I mean, I want to lay hands on them, but not in a Christian way, right? Okay, I get that. I get that. Because we all, we, we live in this, this world. But as a Christian, he says, as you walk life out, I want you to walk out your faith. I want you to do it through a heart of obedience. And I will empower you and give you all of the blessings. But this is what he usually says to me, Jim, we're doing this so that I can accomplish something bigger than just you. You know, so Jim, I need you to get, this is God speaking to me, Jim, I need you to get over yourself. I need you to be able to do that so that I can accomplish what I want to do in and through your life. And God will ask you the same question and you're going to have the opportunity to either get over yourself or not. But that's going to determine what blessings come your way and which ones don't. Because people can be challenging. Can we agree on that? Well, 1 Peter 3.9 says that we're to not be returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. What? You mean when people get up in my face and start telling me bad stuff and talking about me behind my back, stabbing me in the back, saying things that aren't true, you're telling me that I'm supposed to bless them? Nope. The Word of God is. And I'm as shocked as you are. Right? It's like, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to lay hands on them, all right? He says, no, lay that down. You see, it doesn't mean that what was done, whatever hurt you feel, it doesn't mean that it didn't hurt, and it doesn't mean that it went unseen. What are we supposed to do? We are supposed to not return evil for evil. You call truth out, you do that. You don't become a spiritual doormat and let people walk on you, wipe their feet on you. That's not what he's saying. He's just saying, just don't return evil for evil or insult for insult, but give people a blessing for you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. See, and you're going to have to get over yourself. I have to get over myself so that we can accomplish what God wants to do in his kingdom. This is our calling. This is what he's calling us to do. So my question to you today is not, do you want to be blessed, period, but also, do you want to be a blessing? You know, it's a lot of times I find that it's, it's as we give and as we're blessing others that we determine all of the blessings that God's doing for us and in our life. I've worked very hard at times in my life. I'm just going to say this, and I don't mean it as weird as it might, but I spent a lot of time trying to build my kingdom. Does that make sense? Uh, what I think should happen with my life, where I should go, what I should do, how it should look. And, and, and ultimately, it got down to where it's not my kingdom that's supposed to come. It's not my will that's supposed to be done. And sometimes I would forget that. And all I had to do was just simply say, Lord, I'm going to obey you. What, what, Jesus, what is it I need to know? Lord, will you show me? And it's then that the doors of blessing start to open up. Because what you think you want is a blessing, you'll find out that when you obey God, the blessings he have are 10 times greater than you could ever think. But are you making room for him and his blessings in your heart and in your life? I'll close with this and then we'll be done. Uh, scuba divers. I, I'm not really into scuba divers, but scuba divers that enjoy doing that, they wear a lot of protective gear to take air down with them because they're entering into a foreign environment when they dive into the water. The idea is to be in the water without the water being inside of you. The, the wetsuit and air tank allow the diver to penetrate the water without the water 
penetrating the diver, getting inside. It's the same when it comes to heavenly places. God has placed you and I in a new realm, and he has encased us in the power of his Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus. You are now in Christ. So you are swimming around in an otherwise foreign environment, but you can breathe and you can function because God has given you the equipment necessary to thrive from the spiritual realm. So let me say it again. You have a rich, rich heavenly bank account. If you will live out your spiritual life and if you learned what it means to make withdrawals from the bank, spending time with the Lord, asking him important questions like, what do I need to know? What is it I need to see? You'll begin, you'll begin to live like a spiritual millionaire. You'll begin to walk in that anointing that God has called for us. And here's how I want to end service. I want to do just a little bit different today. I'm going to pray for us, but then I just want to speak a blessing over you today as you leave. Maybe you're here today and uh, the Holy Spirit speak into your heart. That's my prayer every week, right? But maybe there's something special and unique. I just want to ask, would you just close your eyes with me? I want to ask you today that maybe you're at this place where uh, I'm just going to speak for every one of us. Lord, we all want to be blessed. Yeah, you know this. You wired us this way. But Lord, we're asking today that you would teach us what it means to not only receive a blessing in a healthy way, but Lord, teach us what it means to be a blessing in route to where we're going in life. Lord, help me to see the people around me so that what it is that you give to me, I can give to them. Lord, help me to see the people that cross my path throughout this week that, that need a word of encouragement. They need somebody to come alongside them and just give them a high five or help them up when they get knocked down. Jesus, I pray that you'd help us steward wisely our finances, our time, our talents, so that we're not just building our kingdom, but we're saying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, teach us to be, uh, to receive blessings in a healthy way, but also to be a blessing to those that cross our path. And so here's the blessing I wanna pray over you, and it's just simple. I pray today that the Lord keep you that the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Jesus, we receive that today. We ask, Father God, that you will help those of us that right now feel knocked down. Help us to get up. Lord, for those of us that are looking to take that next step into that new season, we ask for your blessing. Help us to receive that, Lord, in a humble way because it's freely given. And Lord, it is powerful. And we want to walk in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in this morning. We hope that you'll join us again next week. Or better yet, join us in person. We are located at 816 13th Avenue North in Clinton, Iowa. Our Sunday morning worship service is at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. If you have any questions about our church or what it means to follow Christ, check us out online at cotod.church. That's C-O-T-O-D dot church. We look forward to hearing from you soon.